This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Kindergarten readiness has recently become a hot topic for many parents across the nation. Now, it is not only a question of age, but also looking at the social and emotional development of children. For twins, it is a consideration for each individual child. And there's also the question of classroom placement, to keep together or to separate. I'm Dr. Christy Baird, Early Childhood Educator and Statewide Program Director, and here to talk about kindergarten readiness for twins. This is Twin Talks. The ultrasound shows your babies to be healthy. What? Did you say babies? You're huge. Are you having twins? Are they natural? Which one do you like better? Twins, huh? My neighbor's cousin's brother's uncle's a twin. So can they read each other's minds? How do you tell them apart? Twins? You got a two for one. Do twins run in your family? Double trouble. You're not having any more, are you? At least you're not Octomom. If you're pregnant with twins or you're an experienced twin parent, odds are you've heard it all before. Now it's time to hear from the experts. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. Well, welcome to Twin Talks. We're broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Twin Talks is your weekly online on-the-go support group for expecting a new parent of twins. I'm your host, Christine Stewart-Fitzgerald. Have you heard about the Twin Talks Club? Our members get bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. Subscribe to our monthly Twin Talks newsletter and learn about the latest episodes available. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Twin Talks app. It's available in the Android, iTunes, and Windows Marketplace. I'm going to turn it over to Sunny, um, our producer. Yes. So before I kind of tell you guys a little bit more about myself, I do want to tell you a really great way that you guys can get involved with Twin Talks. So we are changing up the way we're doing our recordings here for all of our shows for New Mommy Media. And everything's going to be recorded remotely as opposed to us kind of meeting in a studio type environment in San Diego, which this is great news for anyone that's wanted to be part of the show. And you just haven't had a chance to do that or you don't live in the Southern California area because now all you need is your computer and uh, a pretty good uh, internet uh, strength, I guess you could say, and you can join our conversation. So there's more information on our website at newmommymedia.com. If you just go to the homepage, there's a banner at the top that tells people how you know you can get involved. So I encourage you to check that out. Okay, so about me. <laughs> now let's bring the focus on Sunny. Uh, so, so I have uh, four kids. My oldest is five, uh, a boy. I have a three-year-old boy, and then my twins are identical twins they're girls and they're just uh, over two yes yes you got two of each so you know as everyone said, so when people ask you are you balanced and then you know you want more and you're like well, well I always want more but <laughs> <laughs> that's not gonna happen <laughs> we're done <laughs> <laughs> and on the phone with us today so uh, Jules can you tell us about yourself I'm uh, so my name's Jules Mass. I'm in Seattle, Washington. My husband and I have been here for ten years, and we have triplet daughters who just turned five on Wednesday. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> and one is uh, fraternal, and um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> That says it all, Jules. Yes. That says it all. <laughs> Three girls. <laughs> I know. And Carrie. I am Carrie Bergman, and my husband and I have a seven-year-old. Paternal t- girls and two-year-old identical girls. And we live in Ocean City, Maryland. We've been here for about 20 years. 
And I run a blog called Need a Two. Other than that, that's all we have. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. That's all. That's it. That's all you have time to do, Carrie. That's it. <laughs> oh, well, my gosh. Triplet. And I was going to say, you know, we've got lots of yeah. girls here because, um, oh. you know, I mean, I've, you know, I'm your host here and I've got identical girls as well. And, and I've also got a singleton girl. So my, my, uh, twins are six and then my, um, a third, my third. She thinks of herself as a third twin. She does everything I with the six that. years old. That's so. great, though. How cute! You can have triplets. Yeah, you know, yeah. Although I, I will not take that badge away from <laughs> the real that's true. that's true. That's true. And I got to say, I mean, I don't know between the two of you. You know, I mean, you know, I think twins two is is a lot, and then. <laughs> triplets and two sets i'm like oh yeah, my god you guys need a special badge yeah <laughs> you do seriously yes and you know and then i'm gonna just introduce so dr baird you want to just talk a little bit about of your experience with preschoolers and kindergartners sure. and <laughs> so uh i've been in education for 28 years i was a kindergarten teacher and then i worked with a family literacy project running um, preschools currently i work for the orange county department of education and i train preschool, transitional kindergarten, and kindergarten and first grade teachers in strategies that um, help them help students acquire the curriculum. And I do a lot of work with parents looking at what do you need to know to help your child best and make sure your child's making the progress they need to make in school. Wow, that's a lot. That is. (laughs) That's awesome. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so before we start our conversation today just talking about kindergarten readiness, we are going to talk about um, a headline that I saw. I like to bring this up because, you know, we, we hear, you know, different stories about um, twins that are born really early or in this case for this headline, um, conjoined twins. It's, it's kind of a scary thing when you think about, you know, when we when each of us, you know, conceived and then the egg split or, you know, what I mean, it was just a moment of days or whatever that all this happened, right? So when I think about conjoined twins, I think it could have very easily been my twins that went through this. So that's why I like to bring this up because we're all kind of in this thing together. So the title of this or the headline for this is eight-day-old conjoined twins in Switzerland become youngest ever pair to be successfully separated. So this is a positive story and I like bringing those out. So apparently there was this groundbreaking surgery. Again, the the twins, um, actually part of a, a, a triplet. So the, the two twins and then they have a sister. They were born two months premature and um, they were conjoined at the chest and the liver. It was a five-hour operation, a team of five surgeons, six anesthesiologists, two nurses. Again, this took place in Switzerland. Uh, Some minor complications afterwards, but nothing that was life-threatening. But yeah, so they are now successfully separated. This happened at the beginning of December. And it's just a kind of a a nice story to know that the, the babies are doing well. In fact, two of them are breastfeeding, 
now. So oh, I don't, praise. I don't know. Um, I like to share these just, just so everyone knows that good stuff can still come, you yes. know, of a situation that can seem really traumatic when someone gets that news, you know? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Def- well, you know, and I, I think just having twins for those who are expecting, I mean, it's just sometimes we think, oh, we're automatically in that high risk category yeah. and, you know, for pregnancy. And then we're just all these sort of things go off in our head, like, well, what could happen? What could happen? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's nice to know this is kind of, you know, one of the, the most dangerous situations, but yeah, it's got a geez. great outcome. And to me, that's just like, you know what? Let's just some alleviate our fears to yeah. know that there are really good outcomes, you know, even if you're in a you know, yeah. a really tough situation like that. Yeah. Thank goodness for, for medicine and for technology to be able to do this kind of stuff, right? So anyways, we wish the triplet family, we wish them all the best. And of course, um, healthy recovery for the twins that underwent the surgery. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Well, we're here today with Dr. Christy Baird of the Orange County Department of Education, and we're talking about what needs to be considered when you're determining um, if your your twins are ready to enter kindergarten. So it's, it's such a hot topic. It is. <laughs> it really is. I've heard a lot about it. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, given given your experience both in, in the classroom and as the, the educator and, and helping create standards and so what are some of the indications that a child is ready to attend school? You know, when we look at children, we always want to look at them as what we call the whole child. So we want to look at both their social or all their social, emotional, their physical and their cognitive readiness. And so often we hear about the things they already know how to do. Do they know about their alphabet? Do they know their ABCs? But really, the most important thing we want to look at is that social, emotional readiness. Are they ready to separate from their parents? Can they sit for a time and listen to a story? How about getting along with other children? Are they willing to take their turn to share materials? And then do they have some self-help skills? Can they go to the bathroom by themselves? Can they put on and off clothes by themselves? So we want to look at that whole piece when we're looking at children and say, in general, does my child look like a person who's ready to walk out the door, have some self-help skills, and is eager and excited to learn? So, you know, it's interesting that, I mean, when you're answering that, it's not academic terms. And and you're right. Yeah. I think I hear so often, you know, like a lot of parents like, well, my kid knows how to count. My kid knows the alphabet. And of course, they're ready. <laughs> well, I can tell you, as a former kindergarten teacher, those are the things I could teach them. Mm-hmm. I couldn't teach them those maturity issues are really what they are mm-hmm. when they come in for that readiness to learn, readiness to be part of a group. We think about even if they've been to preschool or child care, they're still in kindergarten, going to be in a much bigger group than mm-hmm. they probably were in. And typically, it's just the kindergarten teacher and the students. Some schools, some districts, you get some aid time in kindergarten, but there's not a lot. So they really need to be ready to be part of that group and go to school. The teacher can teach them those things that they need to know. 
mm-hmm. cognitively. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And and how would the parents even determine if if the kids are in preschool? Would they have you know some indication from their preschool yes, teachers? Definitely. Uh, preschools are excellent. Preschool teachers know what to look for. That's one of the things they're looking at are children's readiness for kindergarten. And so talking to the preschool teacher, asking them, and talking to other parents too. We need to get that big picture, and particularly if it's your first child, sometimes you don't know what what should a child that's going to enter kindergarten look like. So definitely talking to the preschool teacher, and many preschools or some kindergartens, they'll offer developmental assessments. Those aren't cognitive assessments. They're not looking at what does your child know in terms of the ABCs and those things, but they're looking developmentally, and they'll offer you that and can give you an idea of where your child is on the developmental continuum. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just thinking, I know, like, um, my girls, we had them in preschool, and uh, we had them together for the first year, and then we separated Mm -hmm. them for the second year of preschool. And so part of our strategy was, like, let's sort of give them this separation earlier on rather than waiting till kindergarten. So... I don't know if that how that was that was our strategy <laughs> approach towards it, <laughs> but I would hope that the teachers would be able to kind of evaluate them. I mean, as twins, you know, be able to evaluate them individually, not as oh, hey, I've got the twins in my classroom. Right. <laughs> That's the tough one. It is. No, I just want to. I mean, you know, when you talk about the social and emotional um, types of um, development, um, are the standards for entering kindergarten are they fairly consistent um, throughout the U.S.? I mean, do we see different standards state to state throughout the U.S. Particularly now, as regardless of how you feel about it or don't feel about it, as we're moving to the Common Core standards, we're seeing much more consistency across the states in what people expect. But regardless, even without the Common Core, there still are, are things that if a child's ready to learn, they're ready to learn, regardless of, of what state they live in. And so I know I was recently at a conference in New Mexico and talking with kindergarten teachers, and we all have the same ideas what children need to come with and what they need to know. And so I think you see that consistently across the United States. Well, that's good. That makes it easy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, am I living in an easy state or a tough state? <laughs> or, <yeah. laughs> and I mean, and have they changed? I mean, I'm just curious over right. time, because I think sometimes I, I hear from folks, they say, well, you know, kindergarten's a lot harder than it used to be. And, oh, they that have homework. True. And, and they do. Yeah. They, so, have yeah. they have yeah. homework. So what has changed over time? are really our expectations of what children are going to be able to do by the end of kindergarten. When I first started kindergarten in 1988, by the end of kindergarten, they were supposed to know their letters and know some sounds. And if they could put them together and read some simple words, that was great. But it wasn't the expectation. Now they really are expected to be well on their way to being a beginning reader, if not already a beginning reader, Mm -hmm. by the end of kindergarten. The same thing with math. It used to be if they could do number quantity up to 20 and they understood one-to-one correspondence and they could add and subtract to about five, that was great. Again, that's really expanded depending on the um, the standards, how far they want to take them. But some school districts are going as far as 20 and 30 for their addition and their subtraction facts. For kindergarten. For kindergarten. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So <laughs> it really has expanded. And like you said, the homework. So that's really, if you're looking at, is my child ready to go to school? You need to think about that high cognitive demand mm-hmm. that's going to be on them now that did not used to be there. Wow. Now, Carrie, I think since your your older twins are in first grade, I believe, or second, excuse me, second grade. Nope, they're in first grade. They are in first. Okay. So yeah. so was that your, you know, tell us a little bit about your experience. I mean, were, did you, um, were, did they go to preschool and, and how did you, you know, determine that they were ready? Yeah, they, um, I was a stay-at-home mom and I have been since they were uh, about one. So I was really lucky there. And we 
join a lot of play date groups. And then when they were about four, I put them into like a preschool two days a week. And they did well. But what made me nervous is here in Maryland, we do full day kindergarten. We're back in Virginia where I grew up. They still do half day. And I was concerned about the nap because they didn't get the naps anymore. And I was concerned would they be able to make it a full eight hours from morning until they got home. So that was a little bit of a struggle. But at the end of the day, they really, really enjoyed being in preschool and interacting with the kids that we thought we should go ahead. And they they have a late birthday. They have birthdays at the end of December. So they were a little bit more mature than some of the kids that were a little bit older. So they did well, but my one daughter every day, and even at school, the teacher would have to kind of keep her motivated because she would start to fall asleep in the afternoon. <laughs> oh, that would be man. me. Yeah, that, that, that's a really yeah. common thing with so, full day kindergarten when it first starts. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a big, it's a big it's day a for them. It's a huge adjustment. It really is. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, and, it, and that's a consideration. Yes. I mean, to even look at, you know, full day kindergarten programs versus, right. you know, half day based on your kids' needs. So <laughs> it really is. I, yeah. I was actually fortunate when I was working in the, when I taught kindergarten, we were a school that was all walkers. We didn't have any buses. So we were able to, we started with a half day kindergarten and then each trimester we increased our kindergarten day. So as they were developmentally ready, they got the longer day. And that was so successful. But for most places, that's not an option because of busing. Like our other schools in our district, that wasn't an option for them. Yeah. Wow. That worked out really well. Wow. And then, um, you start for Jules then. How about for for your girls? So what was the, the process for entering kindergarten? Uh, well, we are actually registering for kindergarten tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> They just turned five, right? Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yes. And, but our progression was, well, I always thought I would go back to work after I had them. Ha, ha, ha. So <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> um, here in Seattle, and I, I know it's nationwide, just go putting them into any sort of child care was not feasible. It just negated my entire salary. Right. So I've been home with them since they were born. I do freelance work. And uh, so we were not able to get them into preschool until they were four. And they've been going three days a week. It's a half day. And because of the situation of our schools here in in, uh, where we live in our particular area of Seattle, their kindergarten is only going to be a half day. So I'm kind of bummed about that because I think they could handle a full day. They decided they were not taking naps anymore at like three and a half. And so that was a real struggle. It's like, what do I do with you all day? <laughs> Just go to sleep. <laughs> You're tired. They would get, they would, you know, walk into walls and they were so sensitive, but they would not sleep because we have to split them up. We have two in one room and one in another room and the two in one room would keep each other awake. So it was, it was pointless. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So it's going to, this fall is going to be a really interesting time for you. <laughs> it is. We're super excited. They're ready for it. They, we have a school bus right down on the corner of us and they see them every time we go to our preschool and they're like, we want to ride the bus. I mean, the school is, I don't know, a thousand feet away from us. It's so we could walk. I could drop them off. They could take the bus. They're psyched. Uh. <laughs> that's exciting. And that's what you want. That's how you know they are ready to go to school. They're asking you. 
You're asking, yeah. yes. You know, <laughs> that's a big step. <laughs> no, that, I mean, and that's a great thing because you don't want the kids to go, oh, school, I don't want to go yeah. to school. I mean, if they're excited right. about that, I mean, wow. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish all kids would be, you know, know. really amped up. <laughs> it would be really nice. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know I'm supposed to be sad about it, but. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you get you get a little portion of your life, probably a big portion of your life back, Jules. Yeah. I wouldn't be sad about that at all. <laughs> no, no, Dr. Barrett. Okay, so now, particularly talking about twins right. and. And triplets. I got to have to throw that in there with with three because that's a very unique. Um, you know, what are some other considerations? Because you know, I think I've I've heard about you know different situations between maybe fraternals versus identicals. There's right. some special kind of unique needs of twins that we should be considering as well. There definitely are, and as you said, there's research. All as we were talking earlier before the show started, all over the map. You can find mm. research that's going to address any any part stance you want to take on this topic. My biggest thing is I always come back to looking at children as individuals. Mm-hmm. And even though they are one of two or one of three in terms of how they were born, they're still individual people. And so really asking yourself, what's important for this child? And we know as parents, part of our job is really getting to know our children and knowing what interests them, what's best for them, and not pushing ourselves mm-hmm. onto them and what we think we would like, but what they would like. And then I think, if you, again, if you look at the parent, we think about, you know, as they go to kindergarten, that's kind of your first empty nest step. Mm-hmm, and it's yeah. going to feel like a bigger empty nest than it would for a parent of a singleton. <laughs> right. right. And so that's going to be a little bit, you have to think, keep that in mind as the mom. But as you look at your children and you think, should they be in the same class? Should they be in different classes? I think you have to decide what's important for my children and my family mm-hmm. and what's going to make the best for them. You think about fraternal and identical. There's a little bit of research out there that says identical. It's a little bit stronger personal bond there. But again, I think you have to look at your children. As a kindergarten teacher, I had twins a few times in my room. And a couple times the parents chose to keep them together. And a couple times they chose to separate them. We always let it be a parent choice at the school I was at. And so parents had different reasons for why they chose what they did. But again, it comes back to who is my child? Who are my children and what's going to make the best for them? So mm-hmm. I, I have a question with that because now my girls are only a little over two, so we've got some time, right? right? But if I were judging just based on what I know of them now, I would probably have two different answers. I would say, well, you know, Ainsley, I think, needs to be with Addie, but Addie doesn't right. need to be with Ainsley. So, I mean, what do you do, <laughs> what yeah, do, you do yeah. when that happens? I think when that happens, really, and, and I don't, I can't quote a study to back this up. I know yeah. I was reading some about that. It's that the one that needs to be apart, I think you need to honor that yeah. over the one mm-hmm. that needs to be together. Yeah. Because they're still going to be together at home. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Now, what about fraternal boy-girl? I mean, you know, because I know I've heard sometimes, you know, maybe boys need a little bit more, you know, developmental well, time. Right. So I don't know, have, have we come across any situations where you've had, a, you know, um, opposite sex fraternal twins and maybe one was ready and one wasn't? Okay. So personally, I haven't. But again, I would come back to my thought would be you need to look at your children as individuals. Mm -hmm. And I know it feels like, well, if one starts, the other one should start. But if you really think that one isn't ready, I think as a parent, then you have to make the decision for that individual child. Mm -hmm. And particularly, you talk about boys and girls. And we know from research, boys are about six months developmentally behind girls and that continues for a very long time look Mm -hmm. at them when they're in high school (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah yeah that's a whole other topic (laughs) yeah but um i can acknowledge how hard that would be as a parent yeah but i also know that if you start them both it would be harder than if one had to be retained Mm -hmm. for something in the future that's Mm -hmm. true then if you just said you know what we're just 
this you're going to kindergarten and you're going to go to kindergarten next year and it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. So would you, I, I mean, in that case, whether it's, you know, boy, girl, you know, but, but if one is ready and one's not, would you recommend to, I mean, maybe they both wait or maybe one goes and then split them up for if you, grades? If you, or? if you wanted to keep them in the same grade, I think the best thing is they both wait. Mm-hmm. Overall, my personal, I'm a very much a developmentalist. Mm-hmm. And I think it sounds like like the moms we're talking to right now on the phone are doing some great things with their kids. Their children are going to learn and grow. And if they had to wait, it would be okay. Mm-hmm. I don't believe waiting is a detriment mm-hmm. for a right, child. Right. Well, you know, we're going to take a break and we're going to uh, talk a little bit more about classroom placement and that tricky question of keeping together or splitting apart. Well, welcome back. Today we're talking with Dr. Christy Baird about kindergarten readiness for twins. And we're addressing the tricky subject of whether or not they should stay together in the classroom. So for, for classroom placement, I mean, this is this is a tough question. I just hear and I know our panelists are talking about this. Um, so again, how can you determine what's best for kids? I think we, we mentioned earlier that maybe one might need something and the other one doesn't. So I think you start with what you know about your child. Because we know always parents are their child's first and most important teacher. And you know your child best. So start with what you know. Hopefully, and I've heard this from some of our panelists, you know, you're going out, you're doing playgroups. Observe your child in different situations. Try to be that outside observer as hard as it is, but step aside and watch and say, you know, what is my child really doing? How are they interacting? And then you could talk to the school because, like I said, a lot of times they do have developmental screenings that they will do for you. They might not do them for everybody, but every school has someone in their district that does that. And you can request that. And you could say, I'd like a developmental screening. I'd like to know how old is my child developmentally. And that will give you some really good information and also show you how a child, your child interacts with somebody who they don't know. What do they show? That will give you an idea for how they're going to act when they go on to kindergarten. I don't know. That's, that's an excellent, excellent point. I've never actually heard of a developmental you know, screening. Right. So, <laughs> And I know I, when I was in Buena Park, that was one of my jobs. I used to do the developmental screenings oh, for parents. Oh, right, right. Now, you know, I'm, I'm wondering now, say that, um, again, I think, you know, I, you know, I'll speak from my experience. My girls were in preschool together and then apart. And so right. we were, in our case, we felt that um, they were not socially developed um, with, with other kids. I mean, we right. would find, you know, we'd see some of the neighborhood kids and some of the kids would say, hey, do you want to play? And they just like almost, you know, turn, no, we don't want to play with you. And they just play together. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, you know, so embarrassed. I'm like, okay. Right. <laughs> Enough of this. <laughs> so we're like, we realized, you know, really early on that they needed to learn how to play with other kids and develop other friendships and, you know, just learn some of the social graces and learn how to be on their own. So I would say when they were four, we're like, okay, they, they need to be separate because they were just way too dependent on each other for, you know, playtime and social. Right. And, <laughs> so. and both the research and then I've, I've been talking with several people over this last month who are twins or have twins. And that's what many of them mentioned. They just needed to be apart socially. Mm-hmm. And again, they're going to be together when they're home. So they, it's not like they're never going to mm-hmm. see each other again. But they need to grow into that individuality and learn that, oh, I can play with somebody else. I can talk to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I can be friends with somebody else. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah, to your point, Christine, I wonder if having, like in the case of my girls, they have two older brothers. And I wonder, even though they're all siblings, I wonder if that will help my girls, you know, be able to 
I don't know, play with others a little bit more because it's they're automatically acclimated to other people outside their twindom. Yes, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Yes. Seriously. Oh, Even absolutely. though it's still siblings. I get that, right? Mm-hmm. But I wonder I wonder if that helps other twins out there that have older siblings that they, you know, That's have to. That's a really to. good point. Yeah. <laughs> None of the research has talked about that. Yeah. So, hey, maybe if somebody's looking for a research question. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Definitely. Now, now I have to ask Carrie because you've got two sets. So, I mean, how has that interplayed? I mean, you've got, you know, two sets who are interacting with each other. Mm -hmm. So how has that played out in, you know, the the social development for, you know, for school? Well, Harper and Lila, um, Harper is very or was very dependent on Lila socially. And they both had pretty good social skills, but Harper did depend on her a lot. And I kept them together in kindergarten for that reason, so that she wasn't too shy in her first experiences in school weren't, you know, bad ones. But the teacher had said once they're in school, they work very well independently. However, Harper really shines when Lila's not around and she has to step up to the plate and doesn't have anybody there if Lila was absent. So we decided based on that, that we were going to separate them in first grade and it's done wonders having them apart because they are making their own friends. They're doing their own thing. Harper's not relying so much on Lila to be her leader. She's building more social skills. So in that aspect, that's how we handled them. In kindergarten, did they sit near each other in the classroom or were they kind of separated within the classroom? Whenever they had twins, they um, always kept them um, like at opposite sides of the room. Right. Okay. So that they were there together, but they couldn't sit next to each other. If there was an issue, of course, they would let them be with each other, but they always tried to like have them in different groups and um, at different tables as much as they could. Right, because that's typically how teachers then will balance balance mm-hmm. that so that they do, even though they're yeah. in the same room, like you said, then they have that, that security to know, oh, my, you know, she's right here, but they are in different teams, they're at different tables, they're in different groups, and so that lets them develop their own independence right. in that. So that's a really common yep. thing for teachers to do. That's usually how they'll balance that part of together but separate when they're okay. in the same class. And then how has it been in, in first grade? I mean, is, you, know, you said you've, they've done well. I mean, was there a transition period for as far as, you know, being separated in the classrooms? Shockingly, there was not. We thought that there was going to be an issue, but we started prepping them over the summer. And unfortunately, we lied to them. We just said that <laughs> the, the teachers have already assigned, been assigned their students and they weren't in the same class. And we just figured that was the easiest way where they didn't have a choice instead of us asking. And they were okay with it. And I said, you know, you're going to still, we're still going to walk to school together. You're going to walk into the building together. And then your classrooms are in the same pod. You'll see each other at lunchtime and recess. And then you'll walk home together. And they were okay with that. I was, I was shocked that they were really responded well. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. That's good to hear. And, you know, my girls have a kind of similar arrangement where they're in separate classrooms and they're just, you know, kind of like one, you know, level uh, level across from each other. And then it's the same, yeah, lunchtime and recesses, they see each other. So there's connection points throughout the day. So it's not like, oh, I'm going for, you know, five hours without seeing my twin. Yeah, right. Right. (laughs) I wonder if it will be different though. you mentioned, because Harper and Lila are fraternal, I wonder if it'll be different that far and trying to separate or keep the babies together when they get to that age being identical. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, there's a, just, the, according to the research, there's a, just a very small amount that say there is a, a change when it's identical, but it's not a real strong research base of the research right. that I found. 
Now, I'm wondering, are there any other, you know, uh, types of, of arrangements that might help, you know, twins through a transition? You know, maybe parents, when they're talking to their teachers and they having, you know, parent-teacher conferences, if they feel that their twin is having a little tough time adjusting, um, is there is there something that the, either the teachers might be able to help them with in, in the classroom? Well, that's interesting. <laughs> so you mean having trouble adjusting if they've separated if or they've having separated. trouble adjusting at all if they've separated? If them. they've separated, yeah, yeah. You might have the teacher, especially if it's like a particular one over the other, is if they're having trouble with having the teacher do just like the parent is doing and reminding them you're going to see, you know, your sister or your brother at recess. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to see them at lunch. Perhaps, usually in elementary school, um, classes set together at lunchtime when they're in kindergarten. They set by their class so that, you know, they're a little bit more like, do we know where everybody is? If that's the case at your school and your stu- child are having a little bit of issue, see if maybe they could set together at lunch. Like one could go join the other class at lunch so that that would be like, okay, I get to see set and eat together. So thinking about those kinds of things that might help them make connections and realize it's not like my sister or brother is all forgotten about when I'm not seeing them. Yes. <laughs> but And this doesn't necessarily directly pertain to twins, but when I, a suggestion I had read about a child who was having separation issues um, was to help them print out pictures of their family or maybe their twin and make like a little, a tiny book that yes. they could keep yeah. in their backpack with that them an and look at whenever idea. they started to feel lonely. And that's true. You're right. For any separation issues. So that's a wonderful thing to set and to um, have them do. And then just arrange with the teacher where the child knows, you know, when can I go, you know, I can go look at that when I'm feeling lonely, or I can go look at that at this time if that, you know, there's a certain time to look at that, but you're right. And that's for any child with separation issues that helps so much. That's a great, I love that. That's a great idea. So now, okay, we, we've been talking about separation, and, and we know eventually, at some point, right, when they go off to college, <laughs> they have to be separated. So I don't know, what, what do you tell parents who may ask, do, do my kids need to be separated? I mean, is, is it mandatory? I mean... <laughs> and I would say probably that depends on the school. Most schools that I've worked with, they kind of leave it up to the parent, mm-hmm. but... When they get to be about second or third grade, teachers will start counseling parents that, you know, you might want to think about having them be in separate classes because, again, it's about that individual. So just helping them develop and flourish in their own personality. Mm -hmm. So most schools will start that if they haven't, parent hasn't already made the decision to separate them by about second or third grade, starting to have that conversation Mm -hmm. saying, you know, here's what we're noticing. What are you noticing? Here's the strengths. Here's reasons why you might want to and have just beginning that conversation. Well, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks so much to Dr. Baird and our parents for joining us today. And be sure to visit our episode page on our website for more information about kindergarten readiness and classroom placement, and as well as links to our additional resources. This conversation continues for members of our Twin Talks Club. And after the show, we'll talk about crazy stories about twins at school. For more information about the Twin Talks Club, visit our website, newmommymedia.com. All right, so before we wrap up our show today, uh, we have um, kind of a little story that we want to share with you. Um, I posted something on Facebook, if you guys are familiar with the National Organization of Mother 
of Mother of Twins Club. Did I get that right? That's such a law. I, I always mess it up. <laughs> it is now the Multiples of America. Multiples of America, yes. also known as. Okay, so um, I posted something. I said, parents, tell me your twin oops stories. So the funny things that have, you know, kind of happened between, you know, either your twins or your family altogether. And and this one I thought I would read. So Candy um, submitted this, again, through Facebook. And, and Carrie, this one's for you because um, she's got uh, two sets of twins. So I thought I'd read this one for, for today's episode. <laughs> Uh, so Candy says we had we had fraternal girl girl twins and then 22 months later fraternal boy girl twins all six weeks early and four pounders we flew them to Texas when they were two and four on a Lockheed L I don't know one zero one one if anyone knows anything about planes um, which had six seats in the middle the stewardess announced to the whole plane that there was a family with two sets of twins on board uh, we were in the back near the bathrooms and uh, my husband answered questions on one side of the aisle. Well, I answered questions on the other side while people were waiting in line to use the bathroom. I loved it when one of the stewardesses stopped to chat and asked me what kind of vitamins I took. <laughs> you have to, Carrie, you have to get that when you're out. I mean, we, we all get oh it as, as parents of, of twins and triplets, but you you have to be like, you have to get more questions than the rest of us, I'm, I'm sure. I do. I do. I'm just glad my older girls don't look alike anymore because it has stopped those questions from bombarding there you go there you go well candy uh thanks so much for for writing this in um when i posted something to facebook i really appreciate it and uh, we're always looking for your guys um twin oop stories so you can always submit through our website at newmommymedia.com well that wraps up our show for today we appreciate you listening to twin talks don't forget to check out our sister show preggy pals for expecting parents our show the boob group for moms who breastfeed their babies parent savers your parenting resource on the go and our newest show, Newbies for New Parents. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. This has been a New Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care, and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.